The Texas Rangers win game one in 11 innings on a walk-off home run from who else but Adolis freaking Garcia. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of Locked on Rangers. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked on Rangers. Hit subscribe on YouTube for the best way you can help grow the show is to listen every single day and comment nearly any single thing below. Before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself by when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com now oh my freaking goodness adolis garcia with the homer of his lifetime after he had about 17 of the homers of his lifetime i cannot believe what i just saw oh my god a block off home run in 11 innings who else who else could do it but Adolis freaking Garcia? That's after that absolutely incredible home run from Corey Seager to tie the game in the ninth inning of the unhittable, the unbeatable Paul Seawald blew his first save in the postseason. The first runs he's allowed in this postseason. He had three outs and all of them were on strikeouts, but not. To Corey freaking Seeger. What a tag team. What a duo. What a freaking game. I mean, my goodness, this is this is a team of destiny. This is a team that that cannot be stopped. This is a team that is on another planet, another hemisphere, another solar system, another universe and plane of existence. This is not a team that lives in our reality. They are not bound by the rules and restrictions of things like gravity and logic and sense and anything we think is normally possible. This team is built for the impossible. Moments like this, even in a game where Nathan Eovaldi, big game Nate, one of the most dominant postseason performance in our generation, has an absolute stinker. It was an absolute stinker. And the Rangers said, you know what? Nate has picked this up so many times. It's time for us to pick up big game, Nate. It is time to embrace our destiny as a team of destiny. And despite just going one for seven with runners in scoring position, that, that's all the Rangers really needed. I mean, the Rangers popped on a, a run early in this game. I mean, they, they took an early lead and they gave it right back up. And then the answer backs answered back quickly and frequently. They got five runs off of Nathan Evaldi in four and two thirds innings. But the bullpen came in and they had their backs. The Rangers bullpen stepped up. Everybody in this bullpen stepping up. And the Rangers only had to use one of their A-tier bullpen guys in an 11-inning win. Do you realize how important that is? It's incredible. 
<laughs> we're gonna get in that in just a second. But I want to go through the Adolis Garcia home run because it was just it felt inevitable. It really did. This is a guy who is just I mean, I've seen nothing like it in the history of sports or anything. A guy that is this insanely locked in. This is a guy with all the raw tools in the entire world, all the power, all the flair for the dramatic, all of a much improved approach. And it really showed off in this final at bat after he had been, had finally worked his first walk of, of the postseason. Also got hit by Paul Seawalt in the hand. Really kind of scary moment there. Because that is the worst place you can get hit. And in talking in the post game about how did he feel? Did it hurt? Did your hand hurt after you got hit with a 90 mile an hour fastball? He's like, nah, I'm fine. Because I am freaking El Bombi. I am built stage. I don't just need to be the villain against Houston Astros. I don't need that motivation. I mean, it's fun. I'm sure it's fun for him because everything on the baseball field is fun. And when you're this good at baseball, why would it not be incredibly fun? But in comes Castro, who they're talking about on the broadcast of having, he does have a very, very nasty sinker and a very nasty uh, slider. And Adolis hasn't hit sliders very well. He's kind of chased a little bit more often. But in comes the first pitch, and it is just like off the screen on the pitch track. Just a very, very wild pitch. Then in comes pitch two, and that one is in the dirt. Then in comes pitch three, another changeup. Pitch two is also a changeup. It was way in the dirt. Then pitch three is a, a swinging strike at a changeup. It was a little below the zone. And it was just like, I want this one. I want it. I want it so badly. And then he swung out of his shoes just a little bit. And he said, okay, let me hold on. Let me pump the brakes here just a little bit. Saw another changeup in the dirt. It's 3-1. He's like, oh boy, I'm about to get a fastball here. And if I do, I'm going to do some freaking damage. And he did. And guess what? He did some freaking damage. That is what Adolis Garcia does. He lives for these moments, for the big stage, 106 miles an hour off the bat. Opposite field, not just a pull homer, an opposite field homer takes that sinker down middle of the zone, inside outs it to the opposite field. Oh my goodness. What a freaking home run. What a moment, what a day, what a freaking postseason Adolis Garcia is having. And oh, by the way, just a little cherry on top of the beautiful Sunday that is Adolis Garcia's game one of these playoffs, which we will remember absolutely forever. That home run, which was his second RBI in this game, gives him the lead for the most RBIs in a single playoff run ever, passing the hated David Freeze. On this day, the anniversary of the worst day of all of our lives, or maybe it's just me, probably just me, maybe a few Rangers players from that day. But oh my goodness, Dolitz Garcia, this is this is the man, the myth, the legend. Give him, give him the AO MVP from this year. Take it from Shohei. Ohtani. I don't care if it's the postseason. Give it to, to Dolitz Garcia. Give him the Cy Young too. Heck, give him the Rookie of the Year because he was robbed of it his rookie year. Not even a finalist, an absolute joke. He was an all-star that year. He was an all-star this year. He is a superstar of the moment. The face of baseball. That's what he is right now. He's the face of freaking baseball because he is iconic. He is him. The most him any he might have ever been at any point in time, ever. Thank God for Adolis Garcia. Thank you. Salute to you, the hero 
Rangers hero, cash considerations. What a guy. I mean, you know, really grinded in the minor leagues and a, a, a prospect that I really love. But you know what? The Rangers gave him up for Adolis Garcia, and I hope he's thriving in St. Louis, all 250 or $500,000 or whatever it was. And I still can't believe the Rangers got away with DFAing this man to keep Mike Fultinevich on the freaking roster. I mean, what an incredibly insane turn of events. A guy who I remember watching that first couple weeks of his big league run where he came in and had a clutch home run in Tampa Bay to win the Rangers the game. And I believe might've been the 11th inning. It was just the 10th back then. But I remember saying, this guy is a big moment. This guy is going to be good. He's going to have some struggles. But this guy is going to be really freaking good. And guess what? He's not just good. He's freaking great. He's freaking amazing. He is carrying the Rangers in the ALCS in this World Series Game 1. And he wasn't doing it all by himself. He had some help from a little, a little known player named Corey freaking Seager. Coming up, we're going to look at Corey Seager's huge at-bat, what the rest of this offense was doing in this game, and how this team picked up their ace, Nathan Eovaldi, even after a rough start. Right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics to treat most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family needs. You can also buy a gift card for your family or your loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at J-A-S-E medical.com. Now shout out to the everyday making locked on range your first listen every single day on tomorrow's show. I'll be live yet again after game two. Let's see if it's an 11 inning walk-off home run by Adolis Garcia. You can get every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now this Rangers offense got the, score, the scoring started early in this one. Got an Evan Carter double to score Corey Seager, who, by the way, was on his horse a couple of different times in this game to score on that and also to get to third base. Another double by Evan Carter, the rookie, having a fantastic day in the three-hole, the youngest three-hole hitter in a World Series game since Mickey freaking Mantle. Have a day, Evan Carter, two for six with a couple of strikeouts, a run batted in, and a run scored himself. Just a great, great day. And Corey Seager, who it seemed like the Diamondbacks were, were kind of following the Orioles' plan of attack of this guy's really freaking good and he's terrifying and please don't let him beat us. Well. He didn't beat you, but he sure did tie you. And without that home run by him, by he also being him to, I don't know, an equally insane degree, like just a fantastic outing and and not a fantastic home run. A couple of walks for Corey Seager, a one for four day with a couple of RBIs, three runs scored, scored all three times he got on base. And it was a two run homer because of Leody freaking Tavares working some great Great counts 
some great at bats or great, I guess, plate appearances. I should say a couple of walks late in this one, including the walk ahead of Corey Steger, Marcus Simeon hitting the crap out of all, but just getting robbed just a little bit in that ninth inning. I thought he was really going to um, do something there. He was able to get a hit late on in this game. And then it didn't end up mattering. Unfortunately, it was fine. It, it was fine. Honestly, fine. Rough day for Marcus Simeon, but some great defense by him. But Leone Tavares working that walk to get on base ahead of Corey Seager to let Corey Seager be the tying run and hit a first, I believe it was a first pitch home run, a game tying home run off of Paul Seawald. In he comes, pitched by, yep, a four seam fastball, 93.6 miles an hour, top of the zone, basically identical kind of a pitch uh, as the one that Christian Javier tried to serve Corey Seager in that game seven. And we all saw how that one played out. And this one wasn't quite hit 440 feet, but 112.6 miles an hour off the bat. Corey Seager absolutely scalded it. You knew right off the bat that it was a game-tying home run. He throws his bat and is screaming the most emotion we've seen out of Corey Seager right after we saw the most emotion out of him in Game 7. You know, the lineup talked a lot about you know, the emotion of Corey Seager in game seven, after he hit that home run of him, just like screaming as he, as he got into the dugout and high-fiving everybody, let's go, let's go. We saw some of that emotion for Corey Seager maybe with the Dodgers back in 2020, a little bit in the 2017 post as well, of him just showing that emotion of, you know, he has that emotion in him. For the most part, he's pretty stoic. But when Corey Seager shows that emotion, that level of just, jumping up and down all the way down the first baseline as he watches that ball sail into the stands in right field. That's the kind of moment that charges everybody up. That's the kind of moment that gets this team going. And from that point on, I really wasn't worried this team was going to lose because this team said after that game seven first inning home run, I mean, Nathaniel Lowe, I think he described it as an 11-run solo homer. Because of that, the Rangers often was like, we're not losing this freaking game. We're going to go out here and do this. Corey is jazzed up. We're all jazzed up. Once you tie up that game, and the Rangers got to be that pen that, you know, like I said before the series, I mean, it's like all of these pens, every bullpen in baseball, uh, they are all finicky. Even the good ones, they can have some good runs. And even the bad ones, if they have a good run, then they're usually fine for a couple of weeks. And this, this D-backs bullpen, I mean, they've got these guys who have been – pretty much nails in Brian Thompson, in Ginkle, and in Seawalt. Ginkle and Seawalt coming into this game had not allowed a single run in the postseason. And Paul Seawalt had not around, allowed a run in the postseason at all. And here comes Corey Seager and Leo Tavares. And they said, oh, it's a nice little streak you got going there. Wouldn't it be a shame if someone ended it in dramatic fashion by tomahawking an absolute missile at the top of the zone? in the right field bleachers to tie up this game in the ninth inning. That would be a shame. Oh, well, it looks like I'm going to do it anyway. And at that point, all of the top relievers of the Diamondbacks had been used. I mean, they could have maybe thrown Seawald out there for another inning, and I don't know that it would have mattered. They threw Kyle Nelson out there. and must have known something that I didn't. He was pretty pretty erratic. He walked a couple, including Mitch Garver. Um, and um, ahead of... Who was that walked ahead of uh, the, the ground or ground into a double play by Josh Young? Um, oh, and it was Nathaniel Lowe, the lefty worked to walk against the other lefty, and it he comes and he was absolutely insane. Um, you know, I, I give huge credit to uh, 
to Kyle Nelson, who had a really, really good performance out there. And then in comes Castro, and he and he gets one batter, and uh, that's all the rain is the bottom of the 11th inning. And I mean, this team just coming back after being down, these are the wins the Rangers didn't get. I mean, like I said, after that game seven, the most encouraging thing about it, besides it just being a blowout, besides just beating the Astros, which is always delightful. It's not the end season, despite what Astros fans might be saying, because they're sour grapes because they lost in LCS at their home field where they got absolutely rocked. But the most encouraging part of that game for me was that the Rangers offense finally got to a bullpen. That is something this team had not done for most of the season, whether it's bullpen game, whether it's coming back late against teams, or simply just piling on after you drubbed the starting pitcher. This was not that was the only thing that this offense hadn't really done. It also makes me a little bit less scared for game four bullpen game because like we all know, everyone who was, you know, watching this team every single day is like it didn't matter who the Rangers faced in a bullpen game. It could be the Detroit Tigers bullpen, it could be the freaking Chicago White Sox bullpen, even after we traded everybody away. Or it could be, you know, literally anybody. And this Rangers team, their offense struggled to game plan against all those multiple pitchers. But I think it's a little bit of a different story in the postseason when you have longer series where you're playing at minimum four games, four to seven games, as opposed to just, you know, a three-game series. You have more time to game plan for every single pitcher to actually study what all these different pitchers are throwing and, you know, a lot more updates beforehand to actually come up with that game plan and say, all right, this is what this guy throws. If I'm in this situation and gets me to this count, this is what he's going to throw. And I think that game planning has worked. And also just this offense is believing in themselves at the utmost level right now. They're picking each other up time and time again. Multi-hit day for Josh Young, who I am so excited, is in the World Series, a kid who I've watched since he was a freshman in college. And, you know, seeing him be on this big stage, even though he did have that, uh, you know, not great ground and double play, multi-hit game for him in the eight-hole of a World Series lineup. Absolutely sensational. I mean, this game had it all. It had, you know, Wild comebacks. It had a a wild start. It had um, bullpens blowing it. It had base running galore. Haven't even gotten into that just yet, which is absolutely insane. What the Diamondbacks were doing on the base pass, which might made me um, very confused at how this game started and how those Diamondbacks got ahead. It was not something that I had predicted. I knew there were going to be wild bases, but like, this was just to another level. It's still, this team picking each other up, especially the bullpen after a rough outing by Yavali. Come up, we're going to talk about this bullpen, what they have done so well, and why this game is the kind of thing that turns a series on its head right from the jump. Right after this, we're sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Ibotta. How does a free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Because who wants the turkey without the gravy? Starting first for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is getting 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem, uh, to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gets you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, you get real cash back. You can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start using Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. 
So download the Ibotta app now and use code MLB to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. Google Play or App Store. Use code MLB. Now, before we get into this bullpen, shout out to the everydayers making Lockdown Rangers first listen every single day on uh, Sunday show. Probably doing a mailbag edition after the first couple of games, maybe in the crossover with the HMX people. We'll, we'll see what goes on there. I'll have a show for you um, literally every single day. The Rangers are in the World Series against the Diamondbacks. You can catch every pitch of the broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, before we get into this bullpen, um, I feel like I just always save the bullpen for last because, you know, just metaphors bullpens coming last it's kind of how it goes i want to get into this running because i talked a lot with um with both the the diamondbacks uh, experts that i had on the show this past week of how aggressive this D-back team would be on the base pass and they both said yeah we're taking the extra base and not as much just like stealing like crazy because i mean we didn't see them steal all that much against the philadelphia phillies and there was a great defensive catcher behind the plate for the phillies in jt real Muto. And while he's maybe not quite JT Realmuto in terms of you know, his uh, what, what people think of him from the outside, I, I think defensively, Heim is just as good as literally any defensive catcher. He's not quite as good as controlling the running game as Moreno, but he's very solid behind the plate in terms of you know and making accurate throws. Despite being a big catcher, he's got a big arm. He's very accurate with that arm. It's not maybe the strongest arm, the strongest top time. But the throws, more often than not, are very accurate. And in this game, the Diamondbacks ran absolutely wild on the base pass. Absolutely wild. I mean, they had all kinds of bunts, which I thought was absolutely cowardly, but kind of worked for the most part. They had you know, a triple from Corbin Carroll on a, a not great route by Leo Tavares in the center field. A little bit of a misplay there, but I mean, Corbin Carroll's being able to take you know, one wrong step and a a single might turn into a triple because he's so incredibly fast. Um, but this game ran wild. You could tell Marte had a stolen base. Uh, Rola Perdomo had a stolen base. Christian Walker had a stolen base. Alex Thomas had a stolen base. You know, outside of Alex Thomas, I mean, these are not the fastest guys, but they are very good at stealing bases, picking their spots, and being smart at where they steal their bases. And um, yeah, this was this was on this play. It's going to be a theme for the rest of this game. I thought that the pitchers kind of did their best to control the running game. I think they probably maybe could have been a little bit better about, you know, bearing his release times. Um, but like they threw over, they stepped off, they were thinking about the runners and it kind of seemed like it got in their heads. That's why a lot of these runs, I think, scored uh, where Nathan Evaldi, who's normally, normally nails runners, especially in the playoffs, we've seen time and time again, the amount of times he's got himself out of a jam. I mean, he did give up a home run to Tommy Pham. But outside of that, there was a lot of these, you know, bases with with runners on base that were just running wild and just kind of getting in his head at times, it seemed. Um, but yeah, this was not the best start for Uvalde, even though he had eight strikeouts. That that was the thing that was most confusing to me. And I, I think the running game really got in Uvalde's head and really got in this team's head. And the fact they were to get back into it was, was just all the more impressive with how much it felt like this time back team had them on the ropes. We see, I mean. Coming in, I mean, even even still knowing all I know about the Diamondbacks, I was still like, oh, come on, like I don't know, like I don't really know how this team is doing. And then you see a game like this, oh, oh, I see why the Diamondbacks have jumped on. I see why these guys have been able to get this far. They are pesky. It's all heck. They are incredibly not pesky, like good 
and they will get in your head. And once they're there, they will stay there. And they will live there in your head on the base path. But Rangers able to limit a lot of the traffic late on because this bullpen is absolutely sensational. Like bar, bar none, sensational. Dane Dunning, one inning, one hit, no walks. Cody Bradford, one inning, perfect inning. John Gray, inning in two-thirds, one hit, four strikeouts, no walks. Will Smith, a couple outs, no walks. Jose Leclerc, two perfect innings, two strikeouts. Oh, my goodness gracious. Thanks, live bullpen. Saved the freaking day. I believe, if my math is mathing correctly, six and a third innings with two hits, zero walks from this bullpen, saving them on a Nathan Eovaldi day where he just didn't have it. My God. This bullpen saving Nathan Let that sink in. The Rangers took the Arizona Diamondback strategy of how they went. I don't think they did this intentionally. I think they would have rather just poured it on a million runs early. But there were a lot of missed chances in this game. Quite a few times the base exploded, especially one at bat in particular early on when the Rangers had Gowan on the ropes. And they could have gotten to him out of this game really earlier. He had thrown 32 pitches at one point in, I believe it was the third inning. The Rangers just got one run, and it was on a base loaded walk by Mitch Carver. And then it comes to Heim, who I believe is 0 for 8 with six strikeouts. Maybe it's 0 for 9 with six strikeouts at this point against Gallon. Not a great matchup, but Gallon was just on the ropes at this point. He's thrown so many pitches. You just got to keep making him work more. There are a couple of changeups thrown to him outside, low and away, and you know he, he took one. Actually, no, I don't think he did take one. He didn't. He struck out, or he, he swung and missed at one, and then tried to pull a low and away changeup. And, you know, what was it? But a weak ground out got him out of the inning, and he was able to bounce back and give the Diamondbacks two more innings and kind of save his pen a little bit where they were able to go with their normal few guys of Thompson and Antipoy and Kinkle and Seawald. And those guys were mostly effective until we got to Paul Seawald and Corey Seager did his thing. But this is the kind of thing that sways the series. I mean, I know the Rangers used Charles Leclerc for a couple innings. I don't think I would use them at all in game two. Almost no matter the situation, unless unless you really need it for like one out. Because he threw 26 pitches in this one. He had two pretty stress-free innings. And pretty, honestly, pretty stress-free innings. And um, you know what? Like, uh, Yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. And this was a a very good outing for him. Um, but, I mean, this is, this is the kind of game that's absolutely insane. I'm seeing in, in the chat, there's some issue with my my audio, and I I'm, I'm, think I'm hearing myself twice in my headphones. And um, apologies for any issues with my uh, audio here. I don't, if I'm coming through twice, y'all, y'all let me know in the chat um, because I'm hearing myself in my own headphones. I don't know what to do. But besides that, um, this is this game is the kind of thing that you dream of. These are the kind of situations that you dream of having games like this back and forth. And I almost I don't feel bad for them, but I almost feel bad for all the people who were talking about how this is going to be such an uncompelling series. It's going to be such boring baseball. Those are just people who don't like baseball, and I hope they weren't watching because they did not deserve the greatness of this game. They did not deserve what happened in this game. They did not deserve to see a walk off home run by Adolis Garcia. Um, oh my goodness, what a freaking day, what a freaking game. I just cannot believe what is going on here. Hold on just a second. Apparently I am coming through twice. Okay, I don't know what the heck is going on here with my microphone. Let's see if we can fix that. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Hold on just a second, y'all. Okay. <laughs> y'all let me know if this is any better on the live reaction, if this is sounding a little bit better. Um, I don't really know. Um, what else I can do to fix it? Y'all need to know in the chat um, how this sounds. This is this is a. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a better game of baseball. I really don't. Like this is just an all-time moment. And once again, this postseason, the Rangers are on the right side of things. They are on the right side of history. They have are coming off of an insanely good series against the in the ALS against the Astros. And once again, they are finally on the right side of it. They're finally going to see these these reactions, these these moments, and these highlights for years and years to come. Hopefully, they end up winning this World Series. Um, otherwise, I don't know that they'll show the Corey Seager home run and the Adolis Garcia walk off home run. Um, but I mean, oh my goodness gracious! This 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 is why you get invested in baseball. This is why you put in the hours. This is why you suffer through. All of those losing streaks, all of those frustrating losses, all of those stupid sweeps or lost series against those stupid sink at Houston Astros and the lost series at the end of the year, the game 162 lost. I mean, this is why you suffer through that because you get to be here for these great moments and you get to, you know, just explode when you have a moment like this. I mean, I am so happy for all the bandwagon fans that are hopping on here. Maybe they'll end up being lifelongers as well, but just having everybody along for the ride, having more people along for the ride. My brother who is, is not the biggest fan. It's not, it's not one of the diehard one six He is all in on this postseason and he FaceTimed me screaming multiple times on both of those home runs. Just an absolutely beautiful moment. Just like absolutely incredible. Um, Jake Cupification saying Seager's hit was bigger than the walk-off homer changed my mind. I don't know that I can. I mean, I think they're both beautiful. I don't think we have to compare. I think they're both absolutely insane, wonderful moments that will be absolutely um, incredible, that will live on forever. You can't have one without the other. So. I don't think we need to compare. I think we can just say, oh, look, here is this one. This is beautiful. And oh, this is beautiful too. Oh, what a great thing that we get to have two absolutely incredible moments. I mean, as of right now, I think my uh, <clears throat> I think my World Series MVP has got to be Austin Hedges. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We even got Austin Hedges at bat in this game. I was a little, I was more than a little terrified. It's like, oh, here comes Austin Hedges who hasn't had it at bat in forever. And here he is in this clutch, clutch spot. Um, that's a little wild and weird. Hey, glad they kept a third catcher on their roster because if you're having Garver DH every day, you kind of need to be able to, you know, burn Jonah Heim behind the plate to put on a pinch rudder, which I think was absolutely the right call. I mean, a couple of walks, this one, a couple of walks from Garver, both those guys getting on base and decent club. Again, it just shows you the depth of this lineup coming through time and time again and coming through and being absolutely sensational. I mean, this is the game of a lifetime. I'm so glad that all of you got to enjoy it with me. I'm glad that we all get to celebrate together and Hey, there's another baseball game tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be as thrilling as this one. If the Rangers want to go ahead and make it a blowout and make it less interesting, that's fine by me, honestly. But no matter what happens the rest of the series, the rest of my freaking lifetime, I will never forget the walk-off home run by Oscar Garcia, the game-tying home run by Corey Seager, 
and the game of a freaking lifetime in game one of the World Series. Rangers are three wins away from their first World Series title ever. And after a game like this, how can you not think they're going to do it? Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series winning Texas Rangers baseball.